welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the fallibility of feeling omniscient. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week, we're going to talk about Legacy of the Force, book six, Inferno, chapters five through eight. Yeah. Pretty breezy little bit of chapters here. Yeah. It was, it was a short and quick little segment and I hope maybe a short and quick little podcast too but that it's not time for that that's this week first bum 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 previously on forever canon jason and tuhiri do the time warp jason surprises tenel ka in her bedroom and his parents at the temple saba the barabel tells a pointed parable and luke wants reconciliation but that was last week. That was last week. Forget about all that. The story is completely new. You don't need to carry information forward with you at all. <laughs> That's not how books work. Starting, oh, no, you're right. Go back and listen to all the other episodes and catch up to us here. We'll wait. Yeah, yeah you only got like 38 hours of listening. Roughly. Give or take. Enjoy it. Welcome back. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> chapter five starts us with a rare chapter. Probably more common now that Lumaya is dead, but it's from Alema's perspective. Yeah. Jaina and Zek and uh, Jag tracked her to the, the Jedi Academy uh, on um, Ossus. Yeah. They found ship buried in the underbrush hiding and they decided to wait it out till she came out. But then they all got ambushed by the GAG and oh, wouldn't you know, everything went sideways. So Alema Rar is feeling an overwhelming urge to hide coming through the forest so strong it's like a general broadcast yeah she's like oh that must be Jaina and her two and I quote lust toads yeah <laughs> that is that is a solid it's a good way to put it weirdo burn <laughs> yeah you know that's her creepy jungle talk but that's that's what they are yeah two stupid little lust toads oh and not only does she hear this force call to go hide she also hears the GAG over there, walkie-talkies. Yeah. Comm units openly call the kids at the temple. Sorry, younglings at the temple. Hostages. Yeah. They're openly calling them hostages. That that that's a that's a slip up. Even Alema thinks that's weird. She's like, that's way too blatant and mega hardcore. Like that. I cannot believe how bold they're being to say that out loud like that. Yeah, and she's I, crazy, dude. She is crazy, and, and she, she thinks that's crazy. And she rationalizes. She says, "Oh, that's because Lumaya's gone." Yeah, and Jason's losing control or whatever. He needs my guidance. <laughs> Obviously, he's blowing it now. Now yeah. that Lumaya's dead, so he needs my guidance, which is why Lumaya took me to her asteroid in the first place, <laughs> so that I would be able to carry on the work after she was gone. Right? It's all pretty clear. Um, no. All right, lady, <laughs> you're, you're connecting some dots there that are pretty far apart, but hey, good luck. Yeah. You're using facts to fit theories here. I don't know, but she's making good use of her time at the Academy by downloading info about ship. It was an ancient meditation sphere, a sort of thinking starship that had at one time been used by Jedi and Sith alike from what little the records had revealed. The meditation sphere was a sort of force-augmented control vessel 
designed to amplify a commander's battle meditation abilities while also concealing his or her location from the enemy. All right. Ship is dope. Maybe something that Jason should have held on to. I don't know. Battle meditation? I don't know who could possibly have any use for such a thing like that. But ship is so interesting, man. Yeah. Used by Jedi and Sith alike at one point. Obviously, this one never was. He seems pretty dedicated to the darkness. Yeah. But like... God, there's so much. Uh, there's that, so much going on in there. So at one point, it was just a, a ship, a, like just a, a common thing, man. Yeah, like a force ship. Yeah, it was I like, guess. Instead of like a Jedi starfighter, like you see in Episode Two. Yeah, it's, it's like everybody's got these, maybe round, maybe web membrane veined, winged, looking. Yeah, our mounts. Balls flying around everywhere. <laughs> maybe I don't know. According to the history. They were a thing. And it's just so cool now. I mean, now it's one of a kind. Yeah. And now it's like an amazing ancient artifact of like magic time where it's kind of like it's kind of like a fantasy trope where there used to be wizards all over the world. And then there was an apocalypse and now magic is barely exists anymore and people don't even believe in it. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's a common fantasy uh, thread that gets thrown into a lot of stories, but it, big part of Final it, Fantasy so, III. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of yeah, a lot of stuff. But it's like so interesting how we're so in we're we're really into these characters in this time frame and what they're doing. But there's like thousands of years of shit that's been going on that influences everything all the way up to here. And then you, here comes the Sith meditation sphere out of the fucking past. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's a cool. It's a cool plot device. It's interesting narratively, and it's so would be better if it had a clear description. Did they ever say how old this ship is? Ancient. At okay. one point, Alema calls it just old, and the ship corrects her. Ancient. Okay. That's about it. I, I think that's as far as they say. But, All right. You know, it's an amazing piece of technology from a time when magic was more, I don't know, in in depth and intense than it is now. Like how many spells did you lose along the way when you lost all the magic wizards? You know, yeah. I mean, how much information did you lose to time that hasn't been rediscovered or reinvented or whatever? Just get. I'm just gonna get ship to take me to the asteroid. Yeah, because then I can save Jason from his own buffoonery. Bring me there. Now that she's got what she came for, she heads back to where the ship is hidden, and she tells it exactly that: "Take me to Lamaya's asteroid." And the ship says. Yeah, not doing it. Um, no, she didn't want you there. She, she he, the ship is like, you didn't. She didn't take you there. You followed her there, and it's like this whole string of back and forth logic till eventually, between her loose logic and her force pressuring the mind of the ship, yeah, it comes around to agreeing to, well, if you promise that everything you do is going to be in the interest of having the Sith rule again, I'll help you. And she's like, of course. Yeah. What, what else a... would I want? Balance? Revenge against Leia? No. All I want is Sith <laughs> Control Galaxy, guy. Yeah, same team. High five. Yeah. I don't know. You know I don't know how Stick that's out one of your little tentacles. I'll... Small commitments. It. Push it far. Yeah. I don't know. So, she promises that the Sith <clears throat> will rule again, in quotations. And Alema feels Zek, his force presence, watching them on the way out. But as she guessed... They're a little bit too busy with all the GAG guards that ambush them inside the temple. Yeah. 
So it's not, they're not really in a position to go taken off after her. Yeah, and her logic behind that was, nobody shot at me, so they're busy. Yeah, I'd be dead already. Yeah. <laughs> they're coming to get me. He doesn't pursue, and she and Ship are headed to the asteroid. Ship, though, didn't really like Alema using the force on him. No. To pressure his decisions and to, and to well, force him into doing what she wanted. So he decides to get his revenge. It decides. It retaliates on the whole trip to the asteroid by being transparent. Yes. <laughs> so Alema feels like she is hurtling through open space, uncovered, <laughs> unprotected, flying at incredible speeds through the open vastness of space. Yeah. And she like points out twilight little quake quave twilight little cave dwellers. See, too many. They want a W word sandwich there yeah so it's snuck into the middle too but i'm earthbound folks yeah uh, i like dark tight spaces what like was this open like space it works his retaliation works by the time ship entered the unnamed system and a silver nugget of rock appeared in the vacuum ahead every instinct in her body was screaming for her to close her eyes to slam shut all perception of the brutal sickening vastness of the galaxy Oh, that was a that was it's a, so good. That's a good description, man. Because wouldn't you? I mean, okay. Yeah. Well, obviously, ship can't do anything else. So obviously, stellar travel is not a part of our lives. No. But so, like, we just were over at your mom's house not that long ago, and yeah. I put on a virtual reality headset, <laughs> and I went on a roller coaster for five seconds. Yeah. And imagine. This is that. This is that, but real. Yeah. Now, you are protected. You are inside of a ship, but he turns himself invisible. And so you just feel like you're shooting through the stars, through hyperspace. Yeah. Across, like, massive, <laughs> massive quantities of distance. So if we were if if we were to equate it to our travel, flying down the highway, doing 100 kilometers an hour with nothing around In an invisible you. chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's but but you are protected. Like you are seat belted in. There is a you know a crash bumper on the front of the car. All that stuff, right? Yeah. But you can't see it or feel it. It's all made out of like plexiglass. And so your brain tells you to believe what you see, not what you know. Yeah. Which is how the virtual reality works, right? I'm sitting in a chair. I know I'm not going up a fucking roller coaster. But your brain, your eyes tell your brain to do something about this information right now because this is real. You know, d- despite what you may think or know, yeah. that, think that you know. The brain is such a crazy thing. So it works. It's amazing and it's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually, getting to the asteroid, Alema makes her way through Lumaya's dozens and dozens of beyond deadly traps. There was like... Uh, a proton bomb. One was a proton bomb big enough to blow apart the whole asteroid. Yep. One of them was a contamination sh- a decontamination shower that was actually poison. One of them was a decompression button that was actually reversed. Like <laughs> instant death traps every single yeah, one. Yeah, everywhere. And like she must have rolled really high on all of her investigation because I tell you what. Lumaya is a, quite the trapper trapper. Yep. But she gets through all of it and she ends up finding herself in Lumaya's personal pantry. Yes. 
that must be where the treasure is. She's like so focused on finding Sith treasure all the time. All the time. There's going to be some kind of artifact that is going to give me control over Jason or prove me worthy for him to listen to me or whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'll be able to guide him. She wants to be powerful. She wants to break Leia. Yeah. And but she wants, yeah, but she wants the powerful artifacts to, you know, as a means to an end. So she finds herself in the pantry surrounded by spare parts and protein powders. And she just starts hacking them to bits. She goes ballistic. Because she's just blazing mad that there are no secrets behind this door. Yeah, it was the only locked door. Yeah. She says, damn it, I need Sith artifacts. I need them to control dumbass Jason. And in her fury, cutting apart all the nonsense in the pantry, she finds a single covered data chip hidden among the wreckage of a Home Depot slash GNC combo. <laughs> I, I don't know what what the hell this mess would look like. Uh, yeah. But the data pad, data pad, data card. This is getting out of hand here. The, the data chip. The data chip has a message. The USB device. From a hooded figure. And it says, this message has a string of coordinates that you can follow one time. If you need to find us, it will work one time. That's what this data chip says. A message from a hooded figure. Can't tell who it is, obviously. Yeah. But Alama thinks to herself. <clears throat> Lumaya had once hinted in the missile hold of the Anakin Solo as she made preparations that might involve sacrificing herself to kill Luke Skywalker that there were more than two Sith and that their plan for the galaxy did not necessarily involve Lumaya's survival. The figure in the message certainly supported this idea. At least, he seemed to be part of a larger group. Doggy. So there's potentially a whole bunch of Sith. Potentially more Sith. Yeah. How? And where? Yeah. I don't know, but there's a message here on a data chip that would seem to point that direction. Well, how I I get it's like the Emperor had his his hands like Mara and Lumaya they weren't Sith right so you don't think like it's like true Sith it's like dark yeah, side like users little acolytes yeah maybe it's just dark side users little taste of the power to get them to help you we won't know until she follows that one time use yeah <laughs> set of coordinates uh, for now there's a mystery out there somewhere. and it, it's galactic coordinates too so that's a long string of numbers well yeah it's pie <laughs> yeah Follow Pi. It's like 72,000 digits long. Chapter 6. Jason is watching the GA lose a battle at Balmora to the Confederation. He's watching from the Anakin Solo and thinking a lot like Anakin Skywalker. Like, how dare the Jedi doubt me? How dare Saba chastise me? I'm the one fighting this war. You're all sitting on your dicks doing nothing. Tunnel Call will understand why I took the Academy hostage. She'll never turn against me. This is all the this is this is Anakin and Revenge of the Sith, right? Yes, it is. Uh, I can kill the children as long as I, because I, I can explain it to Padme because she loves me so much. No matter what I say, no yeah. matter what evil I do, which is funny because at other points in this book already, he thinks to himself, "I'm gonna have to do things over and over again that become unforgivable by anyone by." Act like more uh, increasing accumulating amount uh, groups of people right 
more and more people are going to stop being able to love me as I do what I have to do to be a Sith. But not Tenel Ka. No. That's an exception to the rule because that's how you feel about her. Yeah. Right? That's not... Like we talked about all, all the way back in the beginning when we started doing this last September, October, it was like, Jason is so smart that he can convince himself that he's right about anything. And yeah. he's also smart enough to convince himself that he's not being stupid. <laughs> and so when on one hand he says, everybody will eventually hate me. And on the other hand, he says, I can have my wife and daughter and take the Academy hostage. He's yeah. clearly disconnected there. Yeah. And which is the way he has been the whole time, which is just putting them outside the realm of everybody else where, well, where like their reactions are somehow going to be different to everybody else. Yeah. It's, it's like how it, how a lot of the times it is, how your mind is completely contradictory to how you, how you feel yeah. like, even though it all takes place in your mind, well, like but... she would never turn against me. Are you sure? bud? cause you just took the Jedi Academy hostage where after I'm sure killing the two aunt. of you grew up, together and stuff yeah. like that. Like I'm sure she must have fond memories and it's children taking hostage. You really think that's just going to be excusable because of your justification. That's his whole thing is like, I can do anything I want because it's for the right reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's for the greater good. I'm going to save the galaxy by taking all these children hostage. I'm going to kill all the younglings. It's fine because I'm going to save the galaxy. And that's just and Padme covered. will forgive me. And that's just, He's using them as a bargaining that's chip. Just, that's like, like super hubris. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, he's not intending anything with them at all. And he's not done anything, you know, uh, too negative. No, but it's... Taking the temple is one thing. Or he's the taking them hostage as like a, to protect himself. It's not yeah. for... Unless protecting himself is for the greater good. Well... So it's like five steps to get there. But. So he says anyway, but... yeah. His petulant thoughts here are interrupted by a, a live cross-galaxy FaceTime call yes. from his favorite cousin, potential apprentice, Ben, sad since Kavan Skywalker. And Ben comes at him hot. Very first question. Did you kill mom? Yeah. Did you kill mom? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's direct. It's very direct. It's way more than like, he direct. doesn't look. He doesn't look sad. He doesn't look upset. He looks driven, focused, and murderous. Like yeah, he looks angry. He doesn't look um, like disabled by his emotions. He looks like he's using his emotions to focus himself. You know, like I said, the like the exact opposite of how Luke was. Yeah, pretty much. So, did you kill mom? Jason has a whole speech ready, and he kind of. Weaves a bunch of lies into it about how he took the uh, Academy to neutralize the Jedi. Keep the Jedi out of the picture right now if they're not going to come and help me in the war. If they're not going to help me, at least they can't stop me. So that's the excuse he gives to Ben about that. And then he says, I didn't kill your mom, but I might know who did. Yeah, he does like the partial name drop. Yeah, and then... And Ben's in, like, wait, wait, what? And then insert fake voice clip of Cal Moss ordering Luke to be distracted. And Ben bites right the kark in. Yeah, he does. Jason tells him he has to wait for evidence. Can't just go murdering people. And Ben says, a line that I thought was fucking vicious. Yeah. You're the one who turned me into a killer. Good God, y'all. You're yeah. the one who turned me into a killer. Sad since, come on. 
I don't know. Jason plays him beautifully here, or so it seems, anyways. Yeah. You know, he, he sets him up <clears throat> to take them off his trail again a little bit more, and he's burying Calamas even further for whatever reason, whether it's out of just convenience or, you know, he has some other tertiary motive other than just avoiding the Jedi. I think it's probably just a guy Ben already knows is kind of a bad a, guy. He has full access to the guy. You know what yeah. I mean? He's already a bad guy, and so yeah. it Ben's more likely to believe it. Exactly. It's a he's like a convenient uh, scapegoat there. And I don't know if, but he seems Ben seems to believe it, right? And the whole time, ben, uh, Jason's like, "Well, who else could be in that room with him? I can't see everything in the in the hollow and blah blah blah. Somebody might be coaching him out of the corner." But Ben seems to have bought in to the fact yeah. that it was Calamas, and the the depth of like the the evil that Jason's doing right now yeah um coincides with um the writing because yeah. in the first four chapters in in the writing it's still referred to him as Jason well you see that come and go at different parts and depends on what he's doing depending on what he's talking about when okay so actually I think that comes up like in the eighth chapter or something but I know that um yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that later in the okay. chapter. But you're right. It it switches in certain um, scenarios. But let's get to chapter seven then, so we can okay. hurry up and get to chapter. All right, talk about that. Chapter seven, Han and Leia. Oh my God, they're in the book twice already. They are. What the hell is happening? Twice in seven chapters. Put her brother on the cover, and she shows right up. Yeah, it's fine. It's all good. Han and Leia are high up in the Rorscher trees. Rosher, Rosher, I don't know. I don't know. Worcestershire, big ass giant trees. What's that? What's that sauce? Worcestershire, 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 Just make a lot of shushers and then wrap it up at the end. It's like that old. It's like that old Mitch Hedberg joke about banana. I don't know how to spell banana. How many how many nanas do I do in here? It's like B A N A N A N A R. Too much. <laughs> I don't know. I butchered, I butchered it, but that's <laughs> a good one. Another great Mitch Hedberg joke. My friend asked me if I wanted a frozen banana, so I said no. But then I said yes because I might want a regular banana later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that one. Stupid. Just fucking great. Anyways, they're up in the top of the Worcestershire shash trees of Kashyyyk. The trees. Exactly. (laughs) Nearing the end of a four-day, and I quote, criffing expedition to Tikiayana City. Don't worry. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we will. Where the Wookiees elders are supposedly going to be reaching a decision on their involvement in the war. Any moment now. It's been months and months and months of hundred-year-old carpet beast deliberation. They're finally coming to some sort of consensus. Reminds me of the Ents in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Time is beyond is such a different concept to them, you know? Yeah. They don't care if they take a hundred years to sit down and talk about something. They got a couple hundred more. They got time, you puny humans. That kind of thing. So they've been taking on this four-day trek through the treetops to get to the Elder Council. And who's leading them there on this expedition? Their leader is Lumpawaru. For anybody who's not familiar, that's Chewbacca's son. That's right. Lump-a-waru. Terrible names. Terrible, 
terrible names on most of these Wookiees. I'm going to make a bold statement here, and I'm going to say, Internet, come at me with Wookiee names that are good. I've heard one. It's called Chewbacca. The rest of them, in the print, kind of suck. I like Chewie's wife's name. What? Malata Tabak? Malata Buck. It's awful. I, I like what it. What is there to like about that? I don't know. I, it's easier to say than Lumpa Maru. Tajul Newt? <laughs> that, that, that's stupid. dumb and gross. That's <laughs> so dumb. They're awful. They're awful. They're awful. T-H-I-K-K-I-I-A-N-A city. Okay, we fucking get it. Okay, we get it. It's supposed so to be dumb. hard to say. It's so dumb. I know, but it's dumb. I get it. I get it. But I'm sick of it. It's fucking Mandalorians all over again. Uh, but like to a, a, a different section of the plate where instead of using the same word for everything, we're just going to put four times as many vowels in every fucking word. Because that's our sound. Uh, no. Tiaki-Anahana <laughs> city. Anyway. That's why they short form a lot of their names, I think. Like they short, so. they short form like they call him Waru, and, yeah. and they they used to call him Lumpy. I like Lumpy better. That's worse. I like Lumpy better than Waru. What do they call his wife? Mallow. Terrible. <laughs> this is fucking gross. Anyway, at the good, uh, I'm rattled by Wookie names right now. Yeah, a lot of Buck. You like that? I I've always liked it. I don't know why. I can't wait to audition. New people for the podcast, email me at <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, they get to the gates of the old council meeting, and Han and Leia are greeted by two old familiar alliance agents. Familiar to them. They weren't familiar to me. I don't know. I think I remember the Solstice name. I think I remember. Well, there's Jay June, uh, uh, the Solstice, who, of course, if you know the Solstice, is the floppy face folks. Yeah. And then. Tarfang the Ewok. That's a fucking good name. I like yeah, his name, too. That's a good name. It sounds very dangerous for a little tiny teddy bear. Tarfang. Yeah. But it's not just a bunch of messy syllables repeat halfway repeating themselves. You know, like... Yeah. Uh, Is it because maybe it's two words that we have in the English language and they just put them together? You think that, that's that what makes it easier for you? To, what? Chew to and get? baka? No. Oh, what? Like Tarfang. No, that's not why. That's not why I like that. That just sounds like that's a good. It sounds menacing because it's got the hard R in it. Yeah. And you stick fang in the word as well. Uh, you know, familiarity gives it the. But it just is like that's a. You could call them slick fang or spit fang or probably could put a lot of words together there that sound good. Words. <laughs> it's not just because they're words that makes it good. Todgel Newt. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? His dad's name was a little bit better. Tajul Nas or something. Or, or Tajul Kavak or Taj, something. Yeah, Tajul Kavuk. Yeah. Which was not better. No, Tim. It's better than Tajul Newt. No, it's not. Yes, it is. They're all at zero. <laughs> okay? They're all zero stars. I give half points. You go to hell. Email me at <laughs> podcast at gmail.com if you want to be a new co-host for the show. Because I... First of all, here's what happened to the last guy. He said, just send. Kicked him right out. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we love you, Kevin. But yeah. I do not love Todgel Newt. So. No. They run into these old familiar faces. 
who who work for Alliance Intelligence. And wouldn't you know it, it turns out the Solos are still wanted terrorist traitors. Yeah. So running into these two Alliance officers is not great. And then after assaulting them, a giant silverback Wookiee arrests Han and Leia. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm summarizing here, but yeah. Arrested on Kashyyyk and their run is over. Yeah. How, how long did they make it on the run? How long were they on the lam for running from the GA government ever since what? When did he declare them traitors? The end of book three? Something like that. Three books ago. It was when he opened fire when Ben was on the ship and Jaina was on the ship. Yeah, that uh, was Jason. Uh, that was Jaina's turnaround when she stopped being so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in One there. of them. <laughs> the more major one was when her aunt died. I don't think the Wookiee is part of the GA at all. I think he's just like security for the elders council. No, yeah, I know. But that I, I just I wanted to point out the fact that it wasn't just any Wookiee. He was a gigantic silverback gorilla. Yes. You know what I mean? Like of all <laughs> yeah. the, of all the gorillas in the in the forest, the silverback is the biggest and most respected. Yeah. <laughs> Undeniable beast, beautiful beast of nature. I just thought that was an interesting thing, but now they're caught. The run is over. Thelma and Louise are in shackles. And here's a question I have. All right. How many minutes do you think it will take for Jason to find out? <laughs> oh, yeah. One? Zero? I don't know. He knew before it happened? Is that, is that enough? <laughs> for once, no. <laughs> yeah, for no. For once, this wasn't a trap that he set for his parents in a place where it would be inappropriate to set a trap for them. It'd probably be a total of, as soon as he gets done with this battle that he's dealing with. <laughs> How long does it take done. to shoot a message across hyperspace? That's yeah. the question. Yeah, basically. That's the answer. Tarfan gets on his little thing, starts growling into it, and yeah. it's done. Because they are busted. Chapter 8, Jason... Losing the battle. Yep. Needs to extract a heavy toll for the Confederation victory underway here at Balmora. Because it's the only way to win the next battle at Kuat. According to his, you know, future jumping flow walking. Yeah. He trusts the force. I trust it. I would trust it. <laughs> seems to be It seems to be leading him in the right direction so far. He's pretty much going to sacrifice the entire fourth fleet to deal max damage to his enemies. They're going to lose. But he's going to take as many people down as he can on the way. He gives the officers a taste of his precognition when one of them disagrees with them. And then Gavin Darklighter pulls a move that surprises him. He didn't foresee it. Yes. And he even thinks to himself, battle meditation is not infallible. No. Amazing. And that sounds very dangerous, no? Yes. I mean, obviously it can't be perfect because part of it is peeking into the future. And you somebody can always pull a fucking yeah. fastball on you like Gavin Dark Yeah, because the future did, is right? uh, changed by people's decisions. The future's uncertain. Yeah. As the as they say. As the doors. But I just think that's a nice revelation for him right there. Like, okay, well, come on, come on. Back to reality. I'm not indestructible i'm not completely omniscient i don't know everything that's going to happen right unless unless this pushes him further into trying to find a way to make it perfect maybe he will yeah but at this moment it sounds more like he's like okay because he kind of gives gavin he doesn't fucking tear gavin apart yeah you know he like gives him respect 
And, he, and then he also kind of notices that all the older uh, admirals or statesmen in the Navy, they don't respect him. No. They don't. They uh, The first guy questioned his orders. And then, that, and then he was like, hey, uh, don't, don't worry about resigning your commission. Five seconds later, their ship gets exploded because he saw that in the future. And then he passes on to Gavin and Gavin does a thing he doesn't like and turns out good. So he backs off saying to himself, all right, it's not infallible. That was still a positive thing that happened. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, right? It sounds very dangerous to me, though. And speaking of dangerous, <laughs> Jason feels dozens of Jedi suddenly in the force near him looking for him. Dozens. And, you know, he freaks out. Yeah. As only the guilty can. <laughs> and we get to see his comic relief security droid tell him that he needs to be degaussed. <laughs> Apparently, we haven't seen this droid in a little while. He's, he was kicking around earlier in the books, but light him up SD. Like he just takes a chunk out of Jason's soul like three or four times. Yeah. In this. And it's kind of great. Cause you know, Jason doesn't take any offense. To it. it's, a, it's a droid. It's a droid. Like, what are you going to, what droid doesn't actually mean anything by it. No, he's like, uh, I'm pretty sure you're getting your wires crossed. Cause you, uh, you're, you're bonkers out there, but again, also a bad name. S D X X. What do you call him? Double X. You call him S D. You call him 20. I don't know. Stupid. You call him almost Finn diesel. I don't know. What do we do with this? I don't like that name for a droid. The droid names need to be like, but, 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 catchy. You know, like SDXX, XX. Yeah. It's too hard to say together. Yeah. You know? It's not catchy. I don't like it. They've, they're probably just, a lot about names. They probably just call them double X. Probably do. And guess what? That's somebody called Vin Diesel because that's not cool. It's a ripoff. It's a clear ripoff of his franchise. Very popular franchise. Triple X. I think that was a thing. I don't know. I'm not a Vin Diesel fan. I like Groot. Yeah. The rest of it's like, not for me. <laughs> yeah. You you like the only one where you don't actually hear his voice. Yeah. Modulate the fuck out of it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a weird dude, too. He is a weird Anyways. dude. Not that I know him personally. So, Jason reacts as any super, super uh, guilty person would. His droid roasts him a bit. And he thinks all these Jedi are on the Anakin Solo. Like, what's happening? Everybody's coming to get him. He's like, they figured me out. Holy shit. It's all about to go down. Well, it turns out, if you weren't so guilty. Yeah. You might have realized it was just an invitation to a very large battle meld. Because here the Jedi are to save the fourth fleet. And no doubt, Jason thinks, for a price. This is a political maneuver. Otherwise, why were they hiding the whole time? Yeah. If you're showing up to help, you show up to help, right? But they show up invisible and hiding in the force and then kind of ambush him with like 60 force presences at once. Which means Ben taught his dad how to do it. Yeah. And he better have. Who taught everybody else. He better have, which is what we were talking about before with like magic spells that people have forgotten. Yeah. Jason has some of those. You know how fucking advantageous that is? If you're fighting, let's say you're fighting a, a wizard and he mm-hmm. knows five spells and you know 20 spells, 15 of them, he's never heard of. Because they've been lost to Has time. no idea how to counteract it, how, how to fight back against it, how to stop you from doing it, how to avoid it. None of that. So yeah, Ben better be sharing like this secret force technique that's now being rediscovered, you know? Yeah. You better or else you don't stand a chance. 
Even Mara didn't stand a chance, even though she knew how to be invisible. So what do they do this time? They send almost an entire wing of stealth axes, which Jason said must have been almost 70 ships. Oh, all full of Jedi. Yeah. Because only Jedi can pilot a stealth axe. Yeah. I think they say that at one point. Yeah, because there's so much like almost only a Jedi. I think Jag flies one stuff like that. Yeah, because there's no shielding on it. Right. It's all stealth. It's there's all reflex based. Yeah. So here they are to save the fleet. And when Luke appears in his chamber on the Anakin solo, Kaidus springs to his feet, lightsaber in hand. This is a moment where he changes that narrative in his head. When he's talking about himself up to this point, it's Jason, Jason, Jason. And then Luke jumps in the room and it's Kaidus. Yeah. And earlier he did it when uh, he was on, he was, oh, when he was talking to Ben, when he was talking to he Ben. He was thinking yeah. about himself, Jason, Jason, Jason. And then GAG, uh, whatever Lieutenant uh, calms him again. And he's Kaidus. Kaidus. Yeah. When he's thinking about his troops, it's Kaidus, Kaidus. When he's thinking about himself, it's Jason, Jason, sort of still, you know? It's yeah. Kind of still swimming. In he's that. still in transition. But when he pumps into authority mode, it's Kaidus. Yeah. I like that. I like that as I want to watch that throughout the course of this book. How, like, percentage wise, it transitions from him thinking of himself as Jason to thinking of himself more and more as Kaidus. Yeah. Oh, where does it transition over to he is Kaidus now? What are the tipping points and stuff like that? I don't know, but I like this one. He springs to his feet. Lightsaber in hand, as any innocent man would at yeah. the sound of Luke Skywalker's voice. <laughs> it looks like, are things really that bad between us? Jesus, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were on the path to reconciliation here. I thought we talked about this. Anyways, as the Jedi save the day, Kaidus gives one more unpopular order. Boom to big ships, not the shuttles. The huts are landing people on Balmora to take it on the ground. The capital ships from the Confederation are trying to run away. And so Jason makes the call, which I think would be the obvious strategic call. Blow up the capital ships and we'll deal with the people on the ground after. They can't fucking go anywhere. Yeah. Now, is it kind of cold hearted to all the people on the ground that are about to be attacked by force? Yeah. Yeah. But does it make a lot of sense in the grand, larger scale of this galactic war that you would take out the opposition, their biggest ships when you have the chance, their most dangerous weapons, their most expensive weapons, the ones that take the longest to rebuild? Tactically, it all makes very, very good sense. Yeah. And so this part kind of bothers me because Luke is very disappointed that Jason would sacrifice the... uh, occupation of the planet for blowing up some more capital ships and, and tipping the balance of the overall war. Yeah. He's not choosing to save more people. Now he's choosing to save more people in the long run. And Luke is very disappointed about that. Really? I, I think he's not acting like the Jason, the Luke's still in denial. Yeah. He probably still thinks of him like teenage Jason, right? Yeah. Nope. Jason would never hurt a fly. He would never hurt an animal. He would never sacrifice an entire planet of people yeah. to blow up a few. He, more yeah. Ships. He would never sacrifice people. He would always choose to save the most amount of people right here and now in front of him. Yeah. And, and 
That's dumb. It and is. Jason dumb. is right. Yeah. This is one of those times where <laughs> we agree. Where <laughs> where it totally reinforces his own belief of like these are the hard decisions in the war that need to be made. That you Jedi are sitting on your hands doing nothing. Yeah. These are the the decisions that need to be made. Who dies? The people down there are way more people later. That's the question. Yeah. I'm I'm totally with Jason on this. And it's one of the things that kind of cements him into feeling right all the time, probably, you know? When he sees all this inaction and indecision out of the Jedi, and he's like, I'm out here winning the war. I'm doing it. You're yeah. all doing nothing. I killed a Jedi master <laughs> to save the galaxy. What the hell have you done? Yeah. I don't know. He says, take down the capital ships that are the biggest threats. We'll deal with the huts occupying Balmora after. Anyway, as Jason turns around to tell Luke off, because he can feel his disappointment through the force, he isn't there. <gasps> totally Kylo Rend him. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Wonder where they got that idea. <laughs> With the exact same guy. And the exact same nephew character. Nobody read these books, I'm sure. Yeah, no, not at all. Luke isn't on the Anakin Solo. He is not in Jason's personal compartment. And he's not in his meditation bubble where he's overlooking the battle. But he thinks to himself, he had to have been here. Even though SDXX tells me I'm talking to myself the whole time. Yeah. On his hidden compartment in the wall. Gavin Darklighter answered him during the comm because Luke interrupted his conversation with Gavin. Yes. Luke gave Gavin an order and Gavin took that order. Hmm. So what the fuck just happened? Now, if you can project your force self somewhere and talk to one person, let's, you know, use the movies as an example. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, uh, Sends himself to the salt planet and he's talking to Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now let's just translate that to this. He sends himself, projects himself into the Anakin solo and he's talking to Jason. Well, a dude with the phone open on the other end would be able to hear it. Even if he's a projection. Yeah. Why is this so confusing to you, Jason? How do you not land on projection right away? Cause he's so fucking rattled by 70 <laughs> Jedi force presences being, I don't know, suddenly sprung up beneath him, like a rug being pulled out. Like, you know what I mean? He, yeah. He's out here having a massive battle by himself. I'm a Sith out here all alone. No Jedi to be found. 70 of them. That's possible. And they're all coming for you. And then he comes around to this point and he's like, oh, Luke wasn't here. But how? Oh my God. How? What did he, how? And maybe the reason is Jason has so many force abilities that the others don't that he maybe Luke has one that he doesn't maybe and he refuses he's not believing that he so. could I think Jason can force project himself I'm sure it, I think, we just haven't uh, seen him do it maybe maybe to your point about having too many powers is it's like that's low level shit I don't even think about it anymore yeah. I'm out here coordinating an entire battle between multiple fleets you know what I mean maybe he's like that's fucking yeah pigeon food bro that's pennies yeah I'm it could be dollar dollar bills y'all you're talking about pennies over in the Jedi <laughs> temple but where did he go? What? How? Why? <laughs> when? Who? Find out next week. 
when we cover chapters 9 to 12 of Legacy of the Force, Book 6, Inferno. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Boom the big ones! <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.